Hello and welcome back to No More Mondays, the podcast where two indie hackers, James McKinvin and Dan Rowden, talk about building their indie businesses. Today, Dan and I talk about what we did when I ran out of money this week, how Dan made $1,000 in February with ghost themes, and what the real Twitter growth secret is. Let us know what you think on Twitter at No More Mondays FM or hit the link in the show notes. And a big thank you to today's sponsor, Zip Message, which you'll find out more about in the episode. Let's get started. Dan, another week, another episode. Today we're recording a bit early. It's half eight my time. What time is it for you? Half past 12. So we're actually eight hours earlier than we used to do it because you've made an epiphany that you don't want to work in evenings. Why is that, Dan? Well, I've been working evenings for a long time, just trying to get side projects out and stuff. Uh, while I had a job mm. and I don't know, just had enough of it. Sometimes I will do a work, maybe a couple of hours work or something on a project, but I don't want to have to do anything in the evenings if I don't want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is hard because if I have clients or something with a US based person, the evening for me is like the only time that we both overlap. Typically, I don't really have calls, so it should be fine. I've got another random question for you. When I ask you like what you've got on this week, you always look down to your your left and you go, yeah, I got these projects on. Is that just all in, in a notebook where you've got all of your projects listed out for the week? Yeah. So about maybe two years ago, I realized that it's a lot easier to decouple my tasks from my computer. So mm-hmm. I bought a notebook and basically have a page for each week. And I used to split it in half by like proper work tasks for my job and then like personal tasks or side project tasks or client work. But now I split it by my projects and then client projects. And it's just basically two columns on each page that I just scribble in. And yeah, yeah. I typically just fill it up as time progresses. So like in the following weeks. Can you send a picture of it to me? Not now, but after. Yeah. I'm interested to see yeah. how you do it. Because I switch between using Todoist and my notepad. But I, I just do a full long list of all the tasks I've got to do. Some days it's more, some days it's not. But every day I go onto a new page. So like... The day before, it was much less. Every day, new page. Every time I go to try to use one on on the computer, it just gets into an absolute mess and I never follow it properly. Whereas when I go back to paper, I just seem to retain it and enjoy writing my tasks down. Yeah, I I just it's always open on my desk. I can literally sit here on my computer, I look left and I can see everything I need to do for the week. You, You said you had a page for each day. How do you collect that stuff into a single day? So this long list, I'll get through as much as I can do and then I'll just write them all down again the next day and see what I can get through and then it will just mm. keep evolving and the process of writing the same task down every day if I write it down five days in a row I have to think what's stopping me from doing this or is it really that important for me to do yeah I, I typically only have last week was cut long which had one two three four five like eight on one side and five on the other but typically I try mm. to keep it like next week I've only got three and one for example Dan, quick question for you. Do you do many calls with your clients? The Zoom calls with them? Nope. Nope, me neither. And that is one, because I don't really think live calls are that effective. And two, because I discovered ZipMessage, which is a way to communicate with my clients asynchronously and the sponsor of today's episode, Dan, made by the kind chap, Brian Castle. And I actually worked with Brian for a little while. He did the whole hiring process or the whole interview process through zip message so he sent me all of the questions in one zip message video i then listened to the questions took down some notes and then recorded my answer having considered the responses to each one and it just made for a much more productive conversation because in two 
five minute videos, we got through what we probably would have covered in an hour long live call. And I hadn't really used async video before ZipMessage. Yeah, when I had uh, my job, we did a lot of calls and like some of them just, just like a total waste of time. This would have helped that a lot. Just to recap, ZipMessage is a video messaging tool designed for asynchronous conversations. You send a link to your customer, coworker, new hire, anyone else you want to exchange a screen or camera messages with. You can reserve your personal URL where others can message you or integrate it into your website. Use it for free or upgrade to the full async experience on ZipMessage. Use the code No More Mondays, ten percent off your first three months. All right, let's let's talk about our week, Stan. Do you want to go first, or shall I go? I want to hear about your week. What have you been up to? I've had. A really intense week because on the last episode I said I needed money to pay my bills and we joked about me taking money out of the kitty to go and have beers. Yeah. It got a bit worse than just needing money for beers. I need money for bills. I've never been particularly good with money throughout my whole life and I've always had a paycheck every month to fall back on. Now I've gone indie, not had that. It's been hard to predict where my income's coming in, where it's coming from when invoice will be paid from clients. I didn't think I was struggling to adjust to it as much as I did until I got to a point where on Monday, I like had a bunch of my bills bounce. I maxed out my credit cards and I had no income coming in. It was a bit of a oh shit moment on both needing to make some money and also figuring out my spending habits and just reducing as much as I can. In the last week, I've got four new clients, sold a bunch of podcast sponsorships for Indie Bytes, sold eight wallets, and all of that has made me two grand this week, which has covered my bills, which has been nice. But it's been a very scrappy week of just trying to get things live, do sales with people, try and convince them why I should edit their podcast. I've undersold myself on some areas, but it's been really nice to make a little bit of money and have that come in. And the kindness of the community, actually, so all my clients have been people from within the indie community, within the Twitter sphere. It's just been really nice for people jumping and jumping in and helping me. And I wish it didn't take this kind of forcing function for me to get new clients in this way, but it's worked. And then I also uploaded a couple of YouTube videos and the thing I promised to do on the first episode, which is update my PodPanda productized service. I did that on Saturday at Weekend Club. Pretty happy with how much I did in it, but as of this morning, still tweaking it, but I've actually got clients through it. Yeah. You said for new clients. Yeah. Just wondering what kind of things you'll be doing. Is it podcast or video or anything else? They're all podcast clients. They're all different variations. So there's one that are starting a new podcast, but I'm just doing the editing for them. So they just bought mm -hmm. a batch of eight edits. There's another one that just bought the startup plan, nice. which is £450 to start a podcast from scratch, where I just do consultancy call with them, get them all set up. Basically what I did for No One Monday is to get all this set up. That's what I'll mm -hmm. do with them. What I would do if I was in your situation would take on more clients now for the next month, two months, and just yeah. work like crazy. Just do that and know that it's not going to be forever. Just do like a period. So now in the beginning of this year, I've done a lot of client work and then I'll take my foot off the pedal for a bit and not do some. I mean, it sounds like the client work isn't what you like to do, but if that's the stuff that is going to instantly help fix the situation, yeah. that's what yeah. you need to be doing. But the one, one thing I want to avoid, and if people have listened to any of my stuff before, I went through the mental health stuff last year because I did exactly this. I, I overworked myself and I burnt out. I want to avoid that happening. I'm in a better place now to do the work. I really don't want to burn out again because that would be 
pretty catastrophic. But at the same time, I've not got much choice because I've got to get out of the hole I'm in. Because a lot of my expenses are paying off debts. Yeah, good luck. I'm sure you'll do it. And obviously we can keep track every week, every Friday. I'll be your accountability partner. Yeah, thank you. I, I need it. And shall I tell you one other thing I'm doing, which I decided to add to another ridiculous week. Sadly, I'm bringing the Indie Feast membership to an end in its current form. Sad times. I was the first member, wasn't I? You were the first member. You were the reason I started it. I've written an article about this. Look, I'll put it in Slack. Explaining the reasons I'm doing it. But fear not, I'm not stopping it completely. I'm just making a few changes and making it better. So for those that don't know, I started a membership for my podcast, Indie Bites, called Indie Feast, where I essentially just shared longer ad-free editions. When Dan and a few other people said to me that they loved listening to these 15 minute episodes, but often they want to hear more from the guests. And often I would record longer episodes. I'd record for 45 minutes to an hour, edit them down into these 15 minute episodes. But I always thought that the value came in these 15 minute episodes. I'm like cutting out all the filler and crap and I'm putting it into the best possible 15 minutes and telling the entire story of this 45 minute conversation. Now there are some exceptions to the rule. Cortland Allen, Arvid Carl are two people that come to my mind that when I spoke to them for over an hour, they were just giving great value and great sound bites. And when I was editing it down to 15 minutes, I felt like people were missing out. That is when the longer episodes could have been useful. But all the other ones, I just didn't, I didn't feel like it was valuable enough. So when I launched the membership, I launched it as a monthly subscription. The trouble was with that, it meant I had pressure to publish every month or at least every time I had a new episode. And I felt like the quality of some of these longer episodes weren't as good. And I also felt bad every time I got a new subscriber, which is not the way you're meant to feel. Every time you get a new subscriber or a new payment every month, I was like, oh my God, is this person going to cancel? Are they happy with what they're getting with the membership? And I just felt this constant pressure of releasing content that I didn't believe in. So changes I'm making, Dan, then I can have your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to switch it from monthly to a yearly subscription with more of a focus on supporting me and supporting the free podcast for me to continue it, inspired by Dense Discovery. There's still going to be the bonus content. I'm still going to release extended episodes, but only when I feel it is good enough. Not just every long recording I do, only when I feel this is a useful long recording. And the reason I'm switching it to yearly is so I don't feel like because I'm getting these monthly payments that I need to just release content. I don't think there's actually value in just producing more. I think there's value in producing the good stuff. I'm also going to try and combine a lot more of my products and services. So the new subscription, new yearly subscription, you get discounts across all my services and then a few other smaller things, which I believe in a lot more. Yeah, I think it makes sense. If it makes it more manageable for you, I guess that's the main thing to think about. I quite liked doing like a monthly thing because it's like an ongoing support. But if you feel like yearly, it makes more sense due to like the cadence of content, then that also makes sense. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, I guess, when you make the change, what happens to your revenue and subscriber base. Like you said, the dense discovery, I think the way that's pitched is quite good. That was like a no brainer for me because I enjoyed the content. I guess this is the same if you enjoy the Indie Bytes content and you want to support you. This is the best way to do that. When are you going to make the change? Like now? Yeah. 
Well, a, f a few like housekeeping bits I need to do. I need to write the new landing page with this new positioning. I can't do yearly only subscriptions on buy me a coffee. So I'm going to switch it just to a Stripe checkout form. So a Notion hosted page explaining why to be a member, buy button, Stripe checkout, yearly subscription. Sounds good. So tell me more about what you've been up to this week, Dan. Made lots of money with your theme? It's been a good week, a good month, actually, February. I, I don't know if I showed you the chart, but since Ghost released version four, they changed the way that themes are shown in the back end and in the design like settings and basically pushed out all the mm -hmm. third party themes and only show their free kind of easy to install themes, which kind of had a huge impact on my theme sales. So if you... Yeah, if you look at my chart from March to March, it kind of basically just goes down. I also didn't introduce any new themes in that time, so that's probably also a factor. But since launching three themes, yeah, since December, it's all kind of gone up again. And obviously launching the Ali Abdal theme last week, I had some sales of that. And that's priced highly higher than usual because that's the price they wanted to sell it at. And yeah, I had a good month. I had best month since February last year, which was just over a thousand dollars, something like that. Well done. Your, your theme business is the one I'm most excited for you about because <laughs> I, it's the build once, sell twice mentality. And if you can make a thousand dollars this month and then twelve hundred dollars next month, and just keep building that, however way you can, yeah. whether that's releasing new themes, building up the marketing for these current themes. For those that don't know, Ali Abdal is. YouTuber, over 2 million subscribers, indie hacker, entrepreneur. Dan made a theme with him and released it for $150. How many of those themes have you sold and how much was through Ali's referrals and how much through you? So far, he hasn't mentioned it or promoted it yet. So the only sales have come through my Twitter or people visiting superthemes.co. I think there's been around I don't know, five sales so far, something like that. So other stuff I've been working on this week is an update to Illo's digest email. I built that very quick version of the daily email that goes out to users. I haven't really touched it since. And I've been thinking about for a long time about making it nicer, maybe fit the kind of aesthetic of the app a bit better. I published a blog post from Blake Emil this week on the Illo blog. So I asked him if he'd like to do a guest post and I republished a thread he wrote about bio tips for Twitter, like making better bios. And those guest posts I've done like frequently for a year now on the Illo blog and they've been really good for getting new traffic to the site and getting some varied content. Like I've been very lucky with the people that have published on the Illo blog. I've obviously written posts myself, but to have one from me and then one from like an expert who has a specific like theme or a topic to write about it's been really great and i've got a few more of those coming up yeah i was also thinking this week about illo's pricing again i mentioned on twitter recently that i was thinking about doing like a freemium model for smaller accounts and i've also been thinking mm -hmm. maybe of doing like a longer trial period maybe like a split test to see if having a 30-day trial versus 14-day trial would convert people because they're kind of more committed to the tool rather than just kind of trying it out for a little bit i don't know if it would make a change but i think it's probably worth doing i could just set like a different trial date for users as they sign up kind of randomly and then track who signs up more frequently are you signed up to fathom i am their uh, like free trial email flow is really nice now i signed up to illo a very long time so i don't know what your trial email flow looks like after uh, you've signed. right now it's a reminder of your trial ending like two days before and then one after i'm actually in the middle of writing like a drip campaign for new users with information about illo mm -hmm. and how to use it and stuff 
So that should also help. Yeah, I guess I'm basically working a lot of like conversion activation stuff at the moment. <laughs> what are you thinking about the actual pricing of it though, in terms of what it is now and what you want it to be? Are you happy where it's at? As what's yeah. the trial to conversion rate at the moment? So it's about four or five percent from sign up to paid, which I've been told is pretty decent. So I did some analysis recently about smaller accounts, like under a thousand followers. I want to see if offering those people who might see Illo as more complicated or too much for them as small users to offer them like a lower price and then automatically convert them to a lot, the normal price as they reach a thousand followers, something like that. So again, it might be something I test with yeah. a subset of signups and then track conversions because then you're, you, you make it more attractive to the smaller accounts and obviously they'll only grow <laughs> over time and 10 of the last signups in 2021 who were under 1000 and they'd all converted or they'd all gone over the thousand mark since they signed up so it proves that, that kind of progression happens yeah i've been using split b more and more to track events uh that's happening in elo and i've been using their like funnel features and also yeah adding little events like looking at the the digest and converting from yeah free to paid and all that kind of stuff so it should be easy enough to put all that stuff in splitby and then use that to analyze i i, I was going to say about your digests there um i've been getting a lot of your digests this week because i'm trying to make a point to tweet every day let me see if i've got nice. my yellow one today i've got a 12 day streak going okay uh, my longest streak is 26 days so i'm i'm on my way to it i even yeah. last night just tweeted about something because i knew illo was going to set my streak back to one if i didn't um, <laughs> i think your email digest really brilliant because i open them every time i put a tweet out that gets above average engagements i i love being told that i wonder what else you could do to get people opening the app and looking at their dashboard rather than just the the one link if there's anything you can put in yeah. there so the digest is just like a roundup of the previous day but the the engagement email i'm talking about is like an insight like a proactive illo telling you something that's happened so there's a lot of things there that mm. i've been thinking about monitoring and kind of alerting you to if it's helpful or like a big win or something positive basically it's just it's a lot of like delving into numbers and trying to figure out patterns or trends and then telling the user so yeah, it's a lot of kind of analysis that I haven't really done before. Yeah, I, I read the emails more than I check my yellow dashboard. So if there's any mm. way you can get people to go from the emails to the dashboard to get them using the product more, delving into their stats, what they can do with their stats, apart from just looking at them and feeling good about themselves. Yeah, I think that initially I brought the digest as an alert to send people to their dashboard. But exactly what you just said seems to happen is that people don't look at the dashboard because they read the email. So I'm in a weird position <laughs> where I don't know what's best. Is it best to deliver more content in the email to keep people happy that I don't have to go to the dashboard? Or should I be pushing people to the dashboard? I don't know. I don't think it matters as long as Illo is being helpful. Yeah, I was going to say I would happily pay $12 a month. Is it more? 15 or 10 if you pay yearly. I, I happily pay that just for the emails, just to see what my tweets have done the previous day check my streak and the more you're getting people using twitter because i'm like looking at this now tweet for the past 12 days i want to break that 26 day streak and i want to keep going and it's because of that email i'm currently on 140 day streak but my longest is 223 so i've got a long way to go <laughs> that's three and a half months or something i've still got to go are you determined to beat it yeah man just tweet every day that's my thing i should get a t-shirt Oh my God, I should tell you, I'm putting that on my list. Just tweet every day. Have you not heard me say that before? 
it's like the only Twitter growth hack there is. I've written a blog post about it. I talk about it on Twitter. If I ever see a tweet like, oh, so what's the uh, the best way to grow on Twitter? I literally just reply, tweet every day, every single time. Because that's, <laughs> that's literally all you have to do. Tweet every day, whenever you get thoughts. My, my dad, um, he saw mm. your Twitter audience. He was like, yeah, I, w- I want that. What do I have to do? And I said, <laughs> just tweet. Yeah, but what do I tweet about? Don't worry about it. Whatever thought comes into your head, mm-hmm. just to build that muscle, just tweet whatever, and then you'll begin to figure out what you should and shouldn't tweet. And people will tell you what they like by liking and retweeting and commenting and stuff. So, yeah, and then I've also been working on a transistor theme, which is transistor building a new kind of site theme engine so people can make more custom sites, basically. And, yeah, I'm building one of the first ones for them, which will be available for free within transistor. So it's exciting seeing them build out the engine and then getting early access to it and helping iron out some bugs and then, yeah, designing and coding a theme. I'm dead excited for that because I think you're a fantastic designer. I love Transistor, so I think you building it is going to be really cool. Is it going to overtake the current default? Uh, I don't know how they'll use it, but it's just going to be an option in the app. So when you go into your site settings, you'll be able to choose a theme and then you can tweak the theme colors and some settings like that. That's very cool. And when do you reckon it might be ready? I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking with like their theme engine, but I'm guessing it will tie in with that. But I plan to have it mostly finished next week. So my tweet today is from Ali Abdal, basically in how he made 2.5 million off his part-time YouTuber Academy course. Ali recently has been putting out a bunch of really good Twitter threads. And if you don't follow him, I think you should because... He believes in giving away a lot of value for free. He does exactly that with these threads. He's a really smart guy. And I've actually got two of his bookmarked. The one about how he made 2.5 million with his course and then what makes a good YouTube video, which is more relevant to me where I'm making. So that's my tweet this week. Very cool. Yeah. He's also made some videos about his earnings and like where he gets it from. It's super interesting watching someone who look up to as like a successful creator and seeing where they get their income from. Because he has like 15 different mm. like revenue streams or something crazy yeah it's cool that people share that kind of stuff so my my tweet this week is from blake mr he just wrote out a tweet saying basically you need to start a company one an idea two some validation three a no code landing page four time and effort that's it don't overcomplicate. it's funny a lot of tweets like this are just sense just packaged in a tweet but sometimes it, it takes seeing it written out by someone else to kind of absorb it and understand it and get going with it. So like I'm already on this journey, but for anyone else, this is the four little steps you have to do. It's a very nicely packaged tweet. Uh, I fully believe in the idea of just starting, just whenever you have an idea, get that little bit of validation, just start it, just launch it. You'll get a feeling pretty quickly if it's gonna work or not, or if it's something you even wanna do. All right, man, you got off your next call. Good chatting. I've got another ridiculous edit again. Thanks, mate. (laughs) one day it might go smoothly all right then cheers man speak soon all right cheers thanks thank you for listening to this episode of no more mondays with james mckinvin and dan rowden you can join the conversation on twitter at no more mondays fm or hit the link in the show notes you'll also find a list of talking points in these show notes along with details of today's sponsor zip message see you next monday